What happens is people have talent and people have experience, but if you don't give them a tangible initiative to work on, days are just spent doing firefighting. And that's okay. But when are we spending time making things better? So initiatives are like martial arts techniques. They take principles and they make them tangible. They make them able to be expressed in a way that you can focus your skills, focus what you have learned in a way that you can develop it. Gainsight presents the Game Changer Podcast with host Adam Joseph. Hello, and welcome to the Game Changer Podcast, brought to you by Gainsight. That clip was from today's guest, Francis Gordon, VP of Field Operations at Quantum Metric. Today, we're talking all about the principles, initiatives, and KPIs that make up a strong customer success ideology. Francis shares the one trait you need in customer success, persistence, and why he believes customer success is not just a short-term practice. And now, your host, Adam Joseph. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Gainsight Game Changer podcast series. I'm Adam Joseph, the Director of Customer Success at Gainsight. Now, one of the topics I really like to focus in, uh, focus in on when talking to fellow leaders is their philosophy and ideology on customer success. Now, clearly, there's a consensus and broad agreement when it comes to what customer success is and also, most importantly, what it isn't. However, how you actually implement it can vary so widely. And there are so many reasons for this. It could be the types of customers you have, the type of organization that you work for, whether you're a startup or an enterprise or the the types of products or services that you're supporting and implementing. Now, in this podcast, I'm thrilled to welcome a good friend of mine, Francis Condon, who is the VP of Field Operations at Quantum Metric and someone who this topic has really resonated with, especially after being with his company for six months or so and bringing his own unique style and passion to both the company and his role. Francis, a very, very warm welcome to you. Thank you so much, Adam. That's a wonderful introduction. I am delighted to be talking to you again. I've been following your work, staying friends with you, but ever since the first time you interviewed me, I'm a big fan of everything around you do and your philosophy, whether with Gainsight or before that. So it's an honor for me to be here. Ah, look, it's it's great to have you back. Francis, I I mentioned that you've been in your new role not too long. Why don't you tell us a little bit about about what you're doing now and a little bit about your background? Yeah, thank you for asking that. It's actually a really interesting story all by itself. So I am working for a company called Quantum Metric. And there is an incredible, very unique combination of circumstances that make it really enjoyable, a very meaningful part of my journey. So to begin with, the founder and CEO of Quantum Metric is an old friend of mine, someone I worked with 16 years ago. My company back then acquired his company. That was one of his first initial successes. He's had several companies in between, but I knew what a visionary he was, but also very smart on the technical details. So he had a rare combination of genius of high level and low level. And we've been in touch all these years, waiting for the right opportunity to work together. It's very humbling for me 
to work with someone I know and respect and admire so much. But in the meantime, his company hired people, and some of the people he hired also come from previous experiences that I had, so people I worked with. So as it happens, working at Quantum feels like being back with family, being back home, and that is a very unusual thing, so I'm very grateful for that opportunity. And in terms of my background, I've been focusing on customer success, and I am, quote-unquote, a man on a mission. So one thing that was very meaningful in my journey was becoming a customer, working at the Bank of New York Mellon, running user experience, architecture, performance initiatives, investing in many, many vendors that I had to, that I had to bring to success and prove, documented ROI to the CIO back then, and learned a lot in the process and came up with this formula, this customer success formula that I went back to the vendor side to, quote unquote, do well, because there were a lot of disconnects, I felt, the way the industry was in what people call customer success. So I'm a man on a mission thinking customer first, wearing the customer hat and trying to promote wherever I go, these customer-centric mentality in all the practices, whether implementation practices, account management practices, professional services, and everything that has to do with hand-holding customers to success and to satisfaction, which eventually will lead to renewals and expansions, right? So it's really what I've been doing. And ever since the bank, I've been in a number of organizations. And more recently, as we said, Quantum Metric, what really has allowed me to focus on bringing the learnings from that, from that stage of my career into the practice we're doing right now. And then later on, we'll talk about some of these things, but in a few months, we've already put into put into practice some of the initiatives from from my learnings and my philosophy, which is, in my opinion, really fascinating. So hope that we get to delve into that a little bit in this interview. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait to dig into that. But just before we do, I know you're a guest on this podcast. It would be remiss of me not to say that you're a host of another podcast on a completely different topic, and one that I've actually learned a lot about from listening to your, your pod, which is all about martial arts. I'm not sure what the right term is to call you the guru of, of martial arts, where you are from my perspective, but I'm sure there's maybe a better word to describe you. But tell us a little bit about this other podcast that you do. And I, the question that I have for you is, given your, your background and the experience in martial arts, is there anything that you've taken from that discipline and applied it to the customer success world? I know talking to customers will be tough, so hopefully it's not physically applying martial arts, but maybe more the mental side. I love that question, Adam. So thank you so much, because... <laughs> I could talk about that for the next two hours. We're going to have to give a brief, short version, but you're absolutely right. So very briefly, yes, I actually happen to be a podcaster myself. And what happens, Adam, is that people, the people we work with, everyone has multiple dimensions, right? You meet people as professionals, but when you spend a little bit of time with them and talk, people have passions, people have families, people have hobbies. People have ways that they used to develop themselves. Very, very quickly, I would mention an example. The gentleman I'm working for now, Mark Treshel, is one of the, the people I respect the most in the industry. And he actually is the, the customer, the chief customer officer in uh, Quantum. So I work for him as VP of Field Operations. But the first thing he did when we were interviewing is share with me his passions, his hobbies, how he works in his workhouse. He, 
He has a place where he fixes cars and and makes, honestly, miracle with his hands that is not directly related to running customer success. And that is what opened the way for me to feel so connected to him. And it was a master move. And it's quite honestly the same thing I do with my teams and the people that I, that I am supporting, which is to share myself the way I am. And one of, my, one of my things is that I do love martial arts, been training for many, many years. They mean a lot to me. And I do have a podcast called A Thousand Exits um, that I co-host with a very good friend of mine, Dan Monkus. And we talk about life and martial arts, and we try to give a voice to the martial artist that is nobody famous, not a teacher, just someone normal who has a full life, busy schedule, and yet they find time to do this martial art obscure practice for 30 years. Where is that coming from? So very interesting. And in terms of your question of what is applicable to customer success? I love that question because there is so much. And I'll give you the short version. One thing that happens in the martial arts is that you learn there's no miracles. Nobody's turning you into Bruce Lee overnight. What the martial arts take is one, one and only one trait, persistence. That's it. It's not about talent. It's not about, it's just about persistence. When you work with customers, what I've seen consistently, what makes customers really happy is that they can count on you to be there for the long run. You will have better days. You will have days that are challenging. There will be technical issues. There will be days where Zoom doesn't work. There will be days where the platform doesn't work. There will be days where, but the customer can count on you because you have been there advocating for them in the long run. And that ability to realize that the virtue is not some secret talent we have, but the virtue to not give up, to understand that the obstacle is the way and to keep going with, with passion because we believe in what we're doing is exactly what makes customer success meaningful. And that's a big lesson, big lesson from the martial art. I love that. I mean, I concur with everything you just said. I was silently applauding it as you were saying it. And from someone actually who has no knowledge of martial arts whatsoever, I love listening to your podcast. So can highly recommend it. It's called A Thousand Exits. Please do go and check it out. But maybe just moving more into customer success. I know from some of our previous discussions, that you've talked about your own philosophy behind customer success. As I said in my introduction, I, I think there is now a broad agreement in terms of what it is, but how you do it can vary so greatly. And, and that's absolutely right. One of the most common answers in the whole world of customer success is most answers begin with it depends, dot, dot, dot. And, and of course, that's very true. But I think there is an overall philosophy that we can get behind. And I know from some of our previous discussions, you group those into three layers, principles, initiatives and KPIs. And I'm really fascinated within that concept. So I'd love to hear you describe that a little bit more. And certainly if you can talk to obviously some of the most recent examples that you've had in six months or approximately six months or so into your, your new role, how you how that's been applied and practically advice you can give to others to take that same approach and potentially apply them within their own business. I'd love to hear you talk more about that. Wonderful. All right, Adam, so that's a very good segue into something very tangible that I have been fine-tuning ever since I developed this practice at the Bank of New York and started doing it at various vendors, right? And I'm a big believer on these three levels that you mentioned, the principles, the initiatives, and the KPIs. I will also very quickly say these 
the CEO and founder of my current company, Mario Ciabarra, who brought me on board, and Mark Threshold, they too have an understanding that they need to let me do this and they have respected the ability to do this. It's just a, a piece of advice to leaders out there. When you bring someone with experience and you let them develop themselves and you allow them to develop things the way their experience demand and, 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 and have instructed, it makes miracles happen because I feel really comfortable, <laughs> almost as if this was the closest possible to being developing my own practice by myself, but of course, in a much more supported and, and comfortable way. And one thing was bringing these three levels, principles, initiatives, and KPIs. Now, initiatives and KPIs are important, even though everyone is focusing on the KPIs. And the principles is really what I feel is, is missing out there. So to me, and to insert another connection to the martial arts, it's the same as when we practice martial arts. The, the techniques that you see people do are an implementation of a principle, and we shouldn't feel constrained by those. It's more about learning how to implement principles. An example of a principle is what we said earlier, how persistence is really what customers are after. Without that foundation, there's no spirit to our practice. There's no content. There's no emotional content, like Bruce Lee said. We need emotional content. So what happens is someone very wise in the past gave this quote that if you have a group of people building a boat, a big ship that will go to sea, there's a big difference between being building, putting pieces of wood together and nailing things in with, with a hammer or putting screws with a screwdriver. Very big difference in doing that eight hours a day or 10 hours a day these days or more from understanding you're building something meaningful, a ship that will take families to see and inspire them and take them to other countries and take them on vacation and give them good memories, being part of building something meaningful. The principal tier is my focus because it's so forgotten out there. There's a number of principles that make customer success meaningful, authentic. You were not relating to customers in the absence of who we are, but only able to project who we are. There's a number of understandings, such as the persistence one that I mentioned earlier, that I'm a big fan of working with my team. And this is why for leaders out there, you have to meet with your teams and you have to meet with your teams informally and spend time with them. One of my greatest mentors in life was a blues man of the guitar, right? A blues man. And when you ask him, how did you learn to play the blues? He said, by having a cup of coffee with the blues man. It's not just about the techniques. It's about Something wraps off when you spend time with, with people. So I want to do that with my team because the principles will be transmitted and that provides a layer of meaningfulness. And with that layer of meaningfulness, they will do their best. They will bring their best to their work. So as a leader, you're there to provide that infusion of life and, and fire on your team and they do the work for customers. The second tier is initiatives. And it actually deserves to be very well formalized. This is where I get down into my computer and bring the project plans and bring the deliverables and bring the hand of documents. This is where you have to create a tangible platform because what happens is people have talent and people have experience. But if you don't give them a tangible initiative to work on, days are just spent doing firefighting. And that's okay. But when are we spending time making things better? So initiatives are like martial arts techniques. They take principles 
and they make them tangible. They make them able to be expressed in a way that you can focus your skills, focus what you have learned in a way that you can develop it. So the the initiatives, such as project plans for implementations that detail every little thing that you're going to do with the customer, and all of a sudden you are able to provide real-time visibility to your customers. What is it that you're doing with them? What is it that success is? What is it that we agree on that we're working together so we make it a partnership with customers? That's a very good example of an easy-to-do initiative that changes everything. And one of the ones I brought to the table with the collaboration of my incredible team in the last couple months and has already been used heavily and, and created a number of successes. So for me, the initiative is the power of making people's skills and people's experience tangible and being able to focus them on something that they can express and develop, but they are alive. They're living creatures. They will evolve. The important thing is that they're not set in stone. They're just objects for you to be able to bring all that motivation you've been given in the principal side to start making progress. And how do you measure that progress is the KPIs. The KPIs are also important because people need to see the, that they are making progress. So. Another secret of the martial arts, Adam, is that in martial arts, you can focus on isolating skills and do pressure testing. And when you do pressure testing, people can see, when I say see, I mean experience, objectively, their progress, their development. So yes, KPIs are important to report to the CEO. KPIs are important even sometimes for customers. But the truth is, KPIs are important for the team because how will they know their efforts matter? And how will they know that their efforts are making a difference to the bottom line of their customers and the company they work for? So for me, KPI is a way to celebrate success, to objectivize success, and to drive increasing levels of value realization. And so I see it as a, as a pyramid yeah. or a triangle, principles and KPIs. So if, if I've understood you correctly, really, the principles are the foundational steps. It's what do we believe in? Why are we here as a, as a customer success organization? What's the bigger picture? Then the initiatives are the next stage. Well, how are we going to bring that to life? How are we going to live out these, these principles and these philosoph- uh, philosophies? And then the KPIs are the top bit of the, the pyramid, which really says, well, from a way that we can track our progress, so whether they're lagging or predictive indicators, are, are we getting to the desired place that we want to? Have I, have I summed it up correctly? Have I understood that right? That is exactly right. And part of the work of a customer success leader, when you arrive at a new organization, you have to do an assessment of the maturity, what it's, what's there, and what are the right level of initiatives to bring right now. So mm-hmm. one important thing to understand is that it's not like we have a book of initiatives and you, you always do all of them at the same time because it is not realistic. Everybody's doing more with less these days, right? And it's also not going to give us the right return because some of those are more for the long term. So understanding which initiative is right at a particular point in the development of a company and its customers and partners is really part of the reason leaders are decision makers. So we choose the initiatives and the right KPIs to measure to create that level of validation and that level of motivation for the team to continue evolving. And then we bring the next layers of initiatives. And in the meantime, the principles always stay there. We work on them constantly by virtue of, as I said, giving the teams that fuel, that inspiration, that what they're doing is very meaningful 
and how you do it, the attitude by which you take an initiative, how the heart that you put in it actually changes a lot. That's why if you think about certain companies that do very well, because there is a passion, people believe in what they're doing. They believe they're helping customers and making their champions into heroes or heroines in front of their bosses. And they will go home satisfied and have a good evening with their spouses and families because they feel that they had a good day at work. And we as vendors have the power to do that. This is one reason I'm at Quantum 2, because of that passion being all over the place, starting with the CEO. But I believe it. I don't want to do this work if it's not because it's really turning lives for the better. And my team happens to be the arms and the hands that can bring that change. And I want them to be aware of and to, and to enjoy that process. I think for me, one of the reasons I particularly love this three lad philosophy is that very often when new CS leaders come into positions, you, you focus straight away and right, I need to do something tangible. And you, you get straight to the initiatives and the KPIs, but without necessarily thinking philosophically, why do we exist as a customer success organization? And yes, there are some sweeping generalizations that you can use. We're here to help improve the ROI of our customers. And of course, that's true in a very, very valid thought. However, as you mentioned, I think there are more intricate things that you can think about in terms of, of principles. But sometimes the, the pressure, the rush is, no, no, I've got to start putting these new new plans in place straight away, when actually what you should be doing for the first 30 days or so is philosophically, why are we here? Why do we exist? And then move on to the initiatives and the KPIs rather than kind of shortcut the process. And the other thing I'll say is very often, I mean, this just like we're seeing with the world right now, things are moving so quickly that you can't just have this do this once and then it's set in stone forever. I think you, you need to always reconsider why you exist. You know, customer success has evolved. If I think about I've been in what you might consider customer success roles now for 17 years or so, which is a crazy long amount of time. Yet how I first thought about it back in the day was very different to how I do now. So as you think going forward, how often should someone revisit these three layers of, of philosophies? Should you always, on a yearly basis, think about the same principles apply? Do you need to think about from an initiative perspective how you're implementing that philosophy, the types of KPIs that you're using? You might be responsible now. You might have more of a, a revenue-focused approach than you might have done when you first started. How do you keep it current? Yeah, excellent question. It is very important to keep it alive, and it's very important both because we are in a particularly rapid changing environment and also because the team needs to see that evolution, right? It's really very much part of my methodology to focus on the individual and the human nature of the individual, the emotional nature, if you will, of the customer success team, the members. So they do need to see that change. So how you do it, as we said, when you start as a leader, you have to do an assessment and you really have to make decisions. It's decision-making that, that in the end is the most important thing. And you say, well, let me start with these three initiatives. They should be low-hanging fruit, not in the sense that they should be too simple, but that they could be bring some sort of measurable ROI or value, which is the KPIs, within the quarter that you are, that you are implementing them with the help of the team. And you use those initiatives also to continue coaching and helping the team understand and digest more of the principles. But yes, I would say without having it as a, as a fixed rule, more or less quarterly, because it's unusual that within a quarter or two quarters, there isn't going to be a big change in the environment in which you work today, whether it's internal or external, whether it's the industry. And of course, all we have to do is look around these days to understand how incredible, fast, incredibly fast, some of the changes that we couldn't even imagine were coming our way, right? So 
as a leader, have a series of initiatives that correspond to higher level of maturity. And as a good aspirational goal, aim at bringing a few of those in every quarter with your organization. That doesn't mean you have to do it exactly by the book, because depending on the KPIs, you may have to adapt and you may take initiative you already did and just take it to the next level of maturity. But there's a journey map that is really putting all the initiatives that you have worked with in the past as a customer success experience leader in order of maturity and start bringing those to the team and and to the awareness of your leaders too, so you can work on them on a quarterly basis and review the KPIs and the value that it's bringing us. But I do advise that. What I don't advise is that you bring a few initiatives at the beginning and then just become more of a, here's how things are and I just run the team. As a leader, don't settle for running a team. You are building things. You are building success, but the success under the covers is really your team's motivation to keep bringing more of themselves. And you need new levels of mature initiatives with KPIs to do that. France, I, I, I can't, as I mentioned earlier, it, it's, you know, everything you're saying, I think will really resonate with a lot of people listening to this, but also just give everyone an opportunity to really stop, pause, and think about philosophically what we're doing and continually revisit that and challenge yourself as a CS leader. Am I making the kind of impact that I want to? Are our customers seeing the benefit of this rather than just keep doing, even if things have worked well in the past, I, I think you can't just keep re- repeating what you've done or pe- people that have come before you, or even just taken, you've read the book on customer success and think you can just uh, apply that as a cookie cutter approach to what you're doing within your business. And I think that's a great thing about being a CS leader in today's world. I think there is that level of trust there. I think CEOs are increasingly looking to people such as ourselves and our peers to to think about these business problems and then come back with some fantastic, potentially new, innovative way of managing our customers and help them get to their desired outcomes. Yeah, Um, and very related to that, Adam, if I may inject this, a lot of customer success is not really a short-term practice. You are going to make efforts and plan the seeds for success, for results that are going to come down the road. It may be two quarters, three quarters, a full year. A lot of the results, for example, if you think about implementations, which is a practice I'm focused on at Quantum Metric, it's, this is a perfect example. Implementation is a fundamental experience for the customers, that first impression that we all say is so important. But 12 months later, customer may decide to churn or not. How do we directly tie that to what happened the year before on implementation? And it's rarely done. This is what prevents many organizations out there from bringing these initiatives and principles and KPIs to implementation because it seems a waste. People want to focus on what happens three months before renewal. People want to focus on, let me do what I think is on fire now so that we don't burn. But the truth is we are creating maturity. Mm. So an example is really create a good impression right now and start making KPIs that are indirect proxies for the final one, which is renewal and expansion, right? As a leader, you can come up with a level of KPI that is close enough to that and starts tying, connecting the success you're having in the first 30, 60, and 90 days with a successful customer that will renew 12 months later. That is something that as a leader, you owe it to yourself to think deeply about because that's exactly what we do customer success, right? And why we're in the business of supporting our teams to bring their best, making our customers heroes and heroines in front of their 
bosses and focus on their daily days? What is it that we're doing for them? Uh, well, what a perfect place to, to end the podcast. Francis, thank you so much. I can't tell you how much I enjoy always talking to you. I always learn a ton from these types of conversations. I'm sure people listening would as well. I look forward to my invite onto your podcast to talk about my very limited knowledge of martial arts. But until that day arrives, Francis, thanks again for today. Adam, thank you so much for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Gainsight Game Changer podcast. Please follow, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about all of our episodes, please visit Gainsight.com. This podcast is produced and edited by StudioPod. To learn more about their work, go to StudioPodSF.com.